The title of my message tonight is Trouble with a Capital T. And I'm not talking about any tiny little troubles, and I'm not talking about little nuisances, which in the grand scheme of things amount to absolutely nothing. I'm talking about big struggles and big troubles. And the kind that have the power to rock your world. How many of you know what kind of trouble I'm talking about tonight? Amen. It's the kind of trouble that is no respecter of persons. It's the kind of trouble that doesn't really care who you are. It doesn't care what age you are. It doesn't care what color you are. It doesn't care how much money you have or have not. This kind of trouble doesn't care what kind of car you drive or what kind of house you live in or what position of prestige you might have acquired for yourself in life. It doesn't care what initials you have in front of your name. It doesn't care what initials you have behind your name. And it doesn't really care what your name is at all. It's the kind of trouble that can strike at any moment. It's the kind of trouble that can hit you in the morning or hit you late at night or hit you in the middle of the day is the kind of trouble that can strike at the dinner table in the middle of a conversation with your kids can strike on the way to work can strike you in the middle of a phone call that started out with hello but ended with terrible pain it's the kind of trouble that can terrorize your soul and break your heart at any moment of any day it's trouble with a capital T. And it's what I want to talk to you about tonight. It's the kind of trouble that has the ability to maneuver its way into every single one of our lives. It's what I want to talk to you about tonight. But I don't, I, I don't want you to be misled by the title because it's not where I'm going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you in the middle of a mess. I'm not going to leave you in the middle of trouble. I'm going to give you some hope in the midst of your pain. But before we go any further, I want to go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are here this evening. Father God, you're not only here, you're with us every single day. Your word says that you never leave us or forsake us. Doesn't matter whether we're on a mountaintop or in a valley. Doesn't matter if we're walking in the sunshine or in the shadows of despair. You are always with us. I thank you for that, Father God, and I I thank you that you've not left me here alone tonight, and you've not left your people alone either. You're here to bless us. You're here to encourage us. You're here to stir us, and you're here to build us up. And I pray for your anointing to be upon me and to be upon your people, that your will would be done. Any distracting spirit, any hindering spirit, any disruptions, Father, I speak against them already in the name of Jesus, so that your will would be accomplished this night. I give you the praise and the glory, and all of God's people said, Amen. As I was meditating as late as yesterday morning on what the Holy Spirit would have me bring to you tonight, or the word that the Holy Spirit would bring to you tonight, two words seemed to keep running through my mind, and those two words were struggles and troubles. And as those words were spoken to me, it wasn't little struggles and little troubles that the Holy Spirit was trying to impress on me. It was big struggles and big troubles. And no sooner than I had penned out the first few thoughts that the Holy Spirit had placed upon my heart, my phone rang. I was in my office and it was 8.04 in the morning. 
And the first words I heard from the individual that called was, Pastor Jeff, I need you to pray because I'm in the middle of a family crisis. I'm in the middle of a family struggle. I need you to pray because trouble has come knocking at my door. I counseled that individual for a few moments and had a time of prayer with them and did the best that I could under the direction of the Holy Spirit to build them up and give them courage for the day. But no sooner than I hung up the phone, another call came not more than 30 seconds later. And the first words that I heard out of that individual's mouth was, Pastor Jeff, can you pray for me? I need someone to pray. Because my world has been turned upside down. Because trouble, big trouble, has come knocking at my door. Big struggles have come knocking at my door. I'm not talking to you tonight about tiny little troubles that just irk you. I'm talking about troubles that have the power to turn your world upside down. And every single one of us need to be ready for those troubles. Every single one of us, not for ourselves, but for others as well, need to be prepared to battle those struggles and battle those troubles. Those might not have been the exact words that were spoken, but I'm here to tell you the truth when I say both of these individuals were facing trouble with a capital T. And I think some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the kind of trouble you can't avoid no matter how spiritual you think you are. It's the kind of trouble that comes into your life no matter how big your Bible might be and how much you come into the throne room of God's grace. It's the kind of trouble that will turn your world upside down and inside out just so it can get at your heart. Please understand I'm not here to prophesy problems into your life or to speak doom or gloom. I'm here to tell you that Jesus himself said in John chapter 16 verse 33, In this world you will have trouble. And the the kind of trouble he's talking about is the kind of trouble... I'm talking about this evening. And before I continue, I want you to understand exactly what Jesus was saying when he uses this word trouble. The word trouble Jesus uses here in the Hebrew language means many things because, you know, in the Hebrew language, it means many things in our English language. But when Jesus said in this world, you have will have trouble. He was saying in this world, you will have adversity in this world. You will have affliction. In this world, you will have anguish and distress and trial and tribulation. He was saying the word that he was using for trouble, it meant narrow and small. It meant pressed in and squeezed on every side. And I guarantee you that many of you this evening are experiencing that very kind of trouble. Some of you are feeling squeezed financially. You're feeling pressed in by all of your problems. Some of you are in anguish over your marriage or anguish over your family. 
Some of you are in complete distress over the situations and the circumstances that have developed in your life. You feel small and you feel powerless compared to the size of your problem because of this trouble that has come into your life. Trouble with a capital T. And the reason that you are, the reason that all of us in this life will face trouble is because all of these definitions of trouble that I gave you are from one root word, one root Hebrew word, ra, which means adversary. The word sorrow, the word anguish, and all of these words that I, that I spoke to you come from one word, which means enemy, which means opponent, which means foe, which means the individual that has set himself against you. You see, the reason you and I will have anguish and the reason you and I will have struggles and troubles and deep despair is because you and I have an enemy. Because you and I have a foe that has set himself against us. Because every single one of us, according to the word of God, have an adversary that roams about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Please understand the word of God tonight, church. You and I have an enemy. And yet so often we live like that's not the case. The reality is your marriage has an enemy. Your marriage has a foe. Your marriage has someone that has set itself against you so that your marriage won't succeed, so that your marriage won't prosper, so that your marriage won't bear fruit. You have a foe that wants to destroy your marriage. Your mind has an enemy. Your mind has an adversary. Your mind has a spirit that has set itself against you so that you are always in deep despair, always in deep depression, always surrounded by anxiety and fear. The reality is you and I, no matter how spiritual we are, we have an adversary church that has set himself against us. And his sole goal is to bring destruction and devastation into your life. His sole goal is to bring anguish and deep despair into your life. His sole goal is to see you fall and to see you fail. Please understand every area of your life, your finances, your children, your family, your marriage, your mind, even your faith has an enemy. And his number one goal is to see that every area of your life fails. His number one goal is to defeat you, church, and to leave you lying, destroyed and destructed on the battlefield called life. The reality is we have an enemy and we have to be aware of that, church, because if we forget that we have an adversary, if we forget that we have an enemy, if we forget that we have a foe, if we forget that we have an unclean spirit, Uh, An evil spirit that has set itself against us every single day. We will be overcome by trouble. You see, please understand me. There's it's one thing to have trouble come into your life. It's another to be overcome by it. 
It's one thing to have trouble come into your life. It's another to be overpowered by it. It's one thing to have trouble come into your life. It's another to be defeated and destroyed by it. And if we are not aware of the fact that we have an enemy, if we forget that the devil's out to destroy our children, our children will be destroyed and defeated. If we forget every day that that, that there is an enemy that wants to devastate our marriage, our marriage will be overcome and overpowered and defeated, church. You see, the reality is, listen, every single one of us will face struggles and, and, and troubles in our marriage. But if we don't identify where those troubles and struggles are coming from, then our marriage will be overcome, church. Every area of our life will be overcome. In this world, you will have trouble, but you don't have to be overcome by it. You don't have to be overpowered by it. You don't have to be destroyed, uh, destructed or destroyed by a church. And I'm going to get to that in just a minute. But the truth is we all have an enemy who wants nothing more than to bring adversity and anguish and distress and trial and tribulation into your life. We all have an enemy that wants nothing more than to press you in. To make you feel small and powerless in the presence of his power, church. It's the goal of this enemy. It's what trouble does. Trouble, trouble's goal is to get you to quit. Trouble's goal is to get you to throw in the towel. Trouble's goal is to get you to give up and give in and, and walk away. That's the goal of trouble. But understand, Jesus didn't end his conversation here. Jesus didn't end this conversation in trouble or defeat. Jesus didn't end this conversation in, in, in chapter 16, verse 33, at a grave. He didn't end it with us helpless and hopeless. He didn't end it with gloom and doom and, and deep despair because he also said, take heart. He said, don't be afraid of trouble when it comes your way. Don't be discouraged and dismayed when trouble comes your way. He said, don't give up in the midst of your trouble or in the midst of your struggle, church, but rather take heart. He was saying when, when, when all hell is let loose against you and big trouble and big struggles come your way, don't you dare give up. Don't you dare grow discouraged. Don't you dare give in. Don't you dare throw in the towel. Don't you dare stop praising. Don't you dare stop worshiping. Don't you dare stop trusting. He said in the midst of hell itself, take heart, church. Why? Because I've overcome this world. Because I've overcome your adversary. Because I've overcome your difficulty and your struggles and your troubles and your trials and your tribulations. I've overcome trouble. Take heart. Because I've overcome this world, Jesus said. In this world you will have trouble. Because in this world you and I have an enemy and his name is Satan. And if you don't guard yourself against him like I said... If you're ignorant of his devices, if you're not sensitive to all of his schemes, you will be overtaken, church. If you don't guard your mind every moment of the day, trouble will overtake your mind. You know individuals, and some of you have been there, your mind has become so troubled you can't focus on a single thing. You can't get, a, you can't get a, an ounce of sleep at night because trouble has overtaken your mind. You can't focus at work because trouble has captivated and captured every single one of your thoughts. Trouble 
with a capital T is what I'm talking about tonight. But Jesus said, I have overcome all of those. What you and I have to understand is our responsibility every day to guard ourselves, to guard our hearts, to guard our minds, to guard our children, to guard our homes, to guard our marriages, to guard our faith and our relationship with God. Because if we do not guard it, please understand me, the devil has the power to overtake you. The devil has the power. Listen, I'm not all about giving the devil credit, but please understand, he's no little... He's no little powerless guy. He had power over one-third of the heavenly host. He has power in this world. That's why in this world you will have trouble, because he has power in this world. But I want you to understand that Jesus said in the midst of that, if you got a right relationship with me, you can take heart because I've overcome this world. So please, one of the first things that I want to encourage you to do is to to guard your heart. Guard your thought, guard your mind, guard your marriage, guard your finances, guard your home, guard your faith and your relationship with God. Because if you don't, trouble won't just come into your life. Trouble will destroy your life. Be strengthened in your soul, Jesus said, because I have overcome this world. I've overcome your adversary. I've defeated your foe. I have taken care of your trouble. Jesus actually says in this passage of Scripture, I have told you these things not to depress you, not to discourage you, not to weigh you down. I've told you these things, Jesus said, so that in me you might have peace. You see, trouble's sole goal is to disrupt you. Trouble's sole goal is to so disturb you that you can't focus on anything. Trouble's sole goal is to get you so distracted and so discouraged and so uh, depressed that you don't have a song and you don't have a dance and you got no worship and you've got no anything to offer unto the Lord. That's the power of trouble, church. But please understand, Jesus said, I've told you these things so that in me you might have peace. So that in me you not might not be overtaken by trouble. In this world you will have trouble, but you don't have to be overtaken by trouble. You see, the reality is every single one of us will face trouble in our lives. And if you haven't faced it yet, I'm not prophesying this over you. I'm just telling you what the Bible says and what Jesus said himself. You will have trouble. You will have one of those days where your heart is wrenched by a report. Something will happen in your life that has the power to devastate you if you're not careful. With how you handle it. If you're careful, if you're not careful by how you, you operate in the midst of your trouble. And what Jesus is telling us in this passage of scripture, that when you find yourself in the middle of trouble, don't let it overtake you. Because I've already overtaken your trouble. Don't allow it to overwhelm you. Because I've already taken care of your trouble. Don't allow it to defeat you because I've already taken care of your trouble. So what you got to do, church, is get your eyes off your, the trouble and get your eyes on to the Lord. All you got to do is get your eyes off the storm and get your eyes off of the, 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 the devil that's roaming about. And all you got to do is get your eyes on the lion tamer, the one that shut its mouth, the one that pulled the teeth, the one that declawed its claws. All you got to do is look to the one that 
that said, I have already overcome this trouble, church. You see, when you worry, you fuel trouble. When you fret and doubt, you fuel trouble. When you grumble and complain in the midst of your pit, you fuel trouble. It's like pouring gasoline on the fire. It doesn't have the power to put it out. But listen to me. What happened to Paul and Silas in the middle of their prison cell? You think they poured fuel on, on, on it by pitying themselves? They began to rejoice, and they began to sing, and they began to trust in God. And guess what happened? The fire went out, church. This is what you need to understand. They understood that their trouble was already taken care of through Jesus Christ. They began to magnify Him. They began to worship Him. I don't know why I'm in chains. I don't know why you allowed me to come here, God. They didn't act like the disciples when they were going across the sea of Galilee and a storm rose up and they went and shook them and said, Don't you care, Jesus? You see, they had come to a place of maturity where they understood that God already took care of their troubles. They came to a place where they understood God had already provided a solution to every single problem. And it's why they began to worship and why they began to praise and why they began to offer up prayers unto God. Because they knew where their help came from, just like David did. You see, when you find yourself in the middle of hell and high water, the last thing you can afford to do is whine and complain. The last thing you can afford to do is question God. The last thing you can afford to do is blame God. The the only thing you can afford to do is set your eyes unto the hills from whence cometh your help. The, the, The one who has given you life and the one who said, in me, you can have peace. This is what you need to understand, church. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. Jesus said, in this world you have, will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Take heart because if I am for you, like the song said, who can stand against you? Take heart, Jesus said, because greater is he that is in you than he that's in this world. You see, the reality is when you and I begin to grumble and complain and grow anxious and pity ourselves, you know what we're saying? We're saying this problem is greater than my God. You're saying that greater is he that's in this world than he that is in my soul. Greater is he that's causing this problem than he who already overcame the problem. You understand? you got to watch your confession, church. you got to watch what you say because you're either going to pour fuel on the fire of Satan or you're going to pour fuel on the fire of the Lord. Take heart, Jesus said. In the middle of whatever you are going through, because there is no weapon formed against you, that shall prosper. Please understand that passage. It doesn't say that that there is no weapon formed against you, that that can't shake you, that, 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 that can't disrupt your day. You see, the reality is there are weapons that can shake you. There are weapons that can disrupt your day. 
There are weapons formed against you that have the, that, that have the power to turn your world upside down like the two individuals I've talked to you about this evening. There are weapons that have the, the power to, to cause you to stop dead in your tracks. But Jesus said, there is no weapon formed against you that will prosper, that will not accomplish the purpose for which it was designed. I want you to understand that the purpose of every weapon that, that the devil forms against you is to destroy you and to defeat you. But Jesus said, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter what circumstance you're facing. It doesn't matter how hot the flame is. As long as you're in me, you can have peace. As long as you're in me, you'll find yourself protected. As long as you're in me, you will not be overcome and you will not be defeated, church. It might shake you, it might bake you, but it will not overtake you. I've told you these things, Jesus said, so that in me you will have peace. How many of you know that in the center of the storm you can still have peace? In the presence of your enemy... You can still have peace in the middle of your mess. You can still have peace in the middle of your heartache, in the middle of your headache, in the middle of your trial, in the middle of your tribulation. I go on in the middle of your sadness and in the middle of your sorrow. Jesus said you can still have peace surrounded by hell itself. Jesus said in me, you can still find peace. You see, the reality is, the sad reality is, the reason that so many of us can't find peace in the middle of the storm is because we're not hiding ourselves in Him. Hide ourselves in a bottle. Hide ourselves in some pills. Hide ourselves in a dark room in an internet chat room or somewhere else. Hide ourselves in the things of this world. But we're not hiding ourselves in Christ. You see, the re- there is a reason why Jesus said the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous can run into and be safe. Is because he absolutely understands there will be times of trouble that come into your life that will have the power to bring you down. But he is not going to leave you there helpless and hopeless. He said in the midst of it all, if you would turn your eyes in the right direction, if you would put yourself under my wings and hide yourself under my pinions, if you would hide yourself in the, in the shadow of the... Almighty, you will not be overtaken. You can run into me and be safe, Jesus said. But we're running to all of the wrong places and to all of the wrong people, and we wonder why we're being devastated and destroyed. Because we're not hiding ourselves in Christ. Paul and Silas found peace in the middle of their prison cell. Daniel found peace in the middle of a lion's den. Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael found peace in the middle of a fiery furnace. And Jesus said, in me you can find peace as well. In the middle of whatever you're going through, in me you can find peace as well. Regardless of what you're going through, regardless of your situation or circumstance or your lot in life, in me you can still have peace. But the reality is our peace hinges on two small little words. Two simple, two little words, Jesus said, are the foundation of our peace. And those two words are, like I said, in me. In me, Jesus said. In me and me alone will you find that place of peace. 
in, in me and me alone, you can overcome every trial and tribulation and form of trouble that comes into your life. But again, one of the troubles that we have is far too many of us, when we find ourselves in this place of trouble, we try to tackle it all on our own. We try to tackle it outside of Jesus Christ. We try to tackle it through some other means when all Jesus said is that if you would just place yourself in me, then you won't be overcome, but you will overcome instead. You see, the reality is, church, you'll never find peace in this world. You'll never find peace, like I said, in a bottle of booze or in a pill or in a prescription. It will only last so long. You won't find peace, church, at a, at a bar or at a brothel or, or lurking somewhere, like I said, on the Internet. This world won't find peace in Mohammed or in Allah. This world won't find peace, church, in transcendental meditation. It won't find peace in Christian Scientology. It won't find peace in sociology. It won't find peace in the things of this world and the mammon and the material gain and treasures of this world. There is only one place you can find this peace, and it is in Jesus Christ, who is the Prince of Peace, church. The Prince of Peace. The one who sits above everything else. The only one that has power over every trial and tribulation you will find yourself in. Booze don't have any, any power over your problems. It might mask them for an hour or two. It might mask them for a night. But when you sober up the next morning, guess what? You're going to find yourself in more trouble than you started in. Because you're looking in all the wrong places. But in me, Jesus said... You might have peace. I told you these things, Jesus said, so that in me you might have peace. You see, when Jesus spoke these words to these individuals, he, he understood the same thing. That boy, all my, all my sheep, all these people, they're running all over to try to find peace in, in, in the wrong place. But Jesus said, if you would just hide yourself in me, no matter what comes your way, you're going to find peace, church. So please understand, if you're not in Christ, you're in big-time trouble. If if you don't have a relationship with Jehovah, and I don't mean to say this lightly, you're in big-time trouble. If you don't have this intimate, personal relationship with Jehovah God like I talked about last week, you're in big-time trouble. Trouble with a capital T. And trouble won't just come into your life. It'll overtake your life and overpower your life. You're going to find yourself where you don't want to find yourself, church. If your marriage is not hidden in Christ, and please understand what I mean by this. If your marriage is not hidden, if it is not surrounded, if it is not in the center of of the heart of Jesus Christ, your marriage can be overtaken by trouble. If your mind is not hidden in Christ, if it's not planted in Christ, planted in the Word, planted in the Spirit, surrounded by the things of God, it will be overtaken by trouble. If your children are left to their own devices and they are not hidden in Christ through your prayers every single day, If you have not asked the Holy Spirit to wrap Himself around the soul of your children, they will be in trouble. Big trouble. Trouble with a capital T. Some of us have found ourselves there. Now, please listen. 
I'm not saying you, you can pray. You can pray, pray, pray. You can cover, cover, cover. You can fast, fast, fast. But it won't. It still is not promised that trouble will stay away from your kids. What God promises is that, that trouble doesn't have complete power to overtake your kid. So that's where we have our hope and trust in God. That's where we can turn that situation over to God and say, God, I, I thank you that my child's not going to be overcome, that my marriage isn't going to be overcome, that my mind is not going to be overcome, that my finances and my family will not be overcome because I've hidden myself in you. And when I hide myself in you, I can have peace, Jesus said. Listen, one of the truths you have to learn tonight is that the main goal of your adversary is to overtake you. It's to defeat you and deter you. Your adversary wants you to give up on God. Like I said, he, he brings you into these circumstances and brings trouble into your life so that you quit. So you quit trusting God. So you quit worshiping God. So you quit loving God. So you quit serving God. So you quit obeying God. He brings all of these things into your life in order to cause you to fail or to fall away from the faith or to fall away from your relationship with Jesus Christ. But if you look at, if you look at verse 1 in the same passage, church, in this same book, Jesus said the first time, He says in verse 1, I have told you these things so that you might not fall away. So that you might not throw in the towel. So that you might not quit when things get rough. I've told you these things so you don't give up on me. So you don't give up on, on, on my power. So you don't give up on the faith and give up on your relationship with God. I've told you these things so that you might not abandon your faith and walk away. You see, Jesus knew that these disciples would face big trouble in their lives. He knew they would face big struggles in their lives. So there was a host of things, which I'll touch on in just a moment, but encourage you to read yourself. He knew that there was a host of things that would come against them, that trouble would make its way into their lives. And he said, but I've told you these things, so that when all of these things happen and all of this comes into your life, you won't give up. You won't walk away. You won't throw in the towel and you won't lose your faith. You see, the sad reality and truth is there's a lot of people that were once in the house of God that are no longer there because trouble overtook them, because trouble devastated them, because they walked away from the faith, because trouble had more power in their life than they allowed God to have in their life. And so they were overtaken and they have fallen away. Jesus said, I have told you those, these things so that when hell hits your own household, church, in me, you might still have faith. If you look back at the preceding chapters and the, the preceding verses, you'll discover what things Jesus was referring to when he made this comment and said, I told you these things for a reason. Listen, how many of you know when Jesus speaks, he has a reason for what he says? How many of you know that Jesus or God doesn't waste a single word? Amen. He doesn't speak in vain. He has a purpose behind every single word he speaks. I hope you understand there's a purpose behind this message tonight. That, that God isn't having me stand up here just to speak in vain. He has a goal. He has a purpose. He, he has a plan behind His Word, church. And it's exactly why His words never fail. 
It's why his words never return void, church, because he doesn't waste his time when he speaks. It's because he has a reason behind every word. I've told you these things for a reason, Jesus said, so that in me you might have peace in the midst of your trouble. Or what were some of those things? I've told you, if you go back at the the previous chapters, I've told you why I have come into this world so that in me you might have peace. You see, one of the previous chapters, he told his disciples exactly why he came into the world. And when you read that, it gives you peace. Amen. It gives you hope. How many of you know the story of Jesus and the Messiah? It gives you hope. It gives you peace. You understand what I'm saying? That's why he was called the Prince of Peace. And it's exactly why Jesus sent him to a lowly little manger so that you and I might have peace. And Jesus said, I told you these things. I told you why I came into this world so that you might have peace in me. I've told you about oneness with the Father, so that in me you might have peace. I've told you why I have to go away, so that in me you might have peace. You see, if he wouldn't have told them why he was going away, which was to prepare a place for them, so that where he was, they might be also. If he wouldn't have told them that, they wouldn't have had peace. Amen? They would have been lost in their big-time trouble, in their big-time struggle. They would have been lost. But Jesus said, I've told you why I have to go away so that in me you might have peace. I have told you about the role of the Holy Spirit who I have called the Comforter so that in me when I go away you can have peace, church. I've told you that I am the vine and you are the branches so that in me you might have peace. So that wherever you find yourself and whenever you find yourself in trouble in me, you might still have peace. Amen. This is what Jesus was referring to when he said, I have told you these things. And I want you to understand Jesus has told you these same exact things. There are some things he has spoken into your life that he has not spoken into anyone else's life. There are some promise he has whispered to you in the middle of the night. There are some sermons that have been spoken. There are some council sessions that you have been a part of. There has been a neighbor that has knocked or a pastor that has called. There has been a letter that has been sent. I have told you these things and spoken these things into your life so that when hell comes knocking at your door in me, you can still have peace I've told you these things for a reason church and this is I hope we grasp this and understand how important it is to listen to the word of the Lord when it's being spoken because he's speaking and knowing it tomorrow you might need it Everything's hunky-dory, everything's fine, everything's good, the sun is shining, I don't need to be at church. I think I'll go to the lake, I think I'll play golf, but there is a word for you that Sunday that you're going to need tomorrow, but you won't have it in your heart because you were out on the golf course. Jesus speaks for a reason, church. Listen, I'm not condemning you for going on vacation and having some leisure time in your life. But please understand how important every single word is that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. He doesn't do it to entertain himself. He, he, he speaks these words so that in him you might have peace. Speaks these words because he knows that your marriage is... About to hit a hard place. He knows you're going to get a bad report from the doctor. 
He knows you're going to get a call from the prison that your son is in jail or that your daughter's found herself pregnant. You understand what I'm saying? He knows that you're going to get a letter in the mail that says foreclosure on it. It's why he tells you these things. So that in him, when it happens, you can still have peace. Oh, but we're so lost in the midst of our troubles because we have not listened to what He has told us. Because we have not cherished and valued every single word that flowed from the mouth of heaven. Please understand me. Every time God speaks, it is a word from heaven's throne. It is a word from Jehovah Jireh that we sang about. It's a word from Jehovah Rapha. It's a word from El Shaddai whose grace is fully sufficient for you. It's a word from Jehovah Nissi that said if you would just put yourself in me, I'll give you victory. And you can walk through life with the banner of victory over your head. Every word is valuable. We've got to cling to it, church. I've told you these things so that in me you might have peace. How many of you want that kind of peace, church? I know that there's some of you here tonight that need that peace. Listen to me. as I'm going to start winding this down. Jesus said, I don't want you to miss this. To me, it's the most important part of this whole lesson that Jesus is teaching. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have an adversary. In this world, you will have a foe. In this world, you will have someone who has set themselves against you. In this world, you will have affliction and anguish and heartache and distress. In this world, Jesus said. But you know what? That puts a smile on my face. Because all that lets me know is that there's another world that I can run to. All that lets me know is that there is another world I can count on. There's another world that I can trust in. There's another world that I can believe in. There's another world that I can call on in my very time of need. Do you understand what I'm saying? In this world, you have a foe. But there is another world, church, where I have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. There is another world where I can, that I can run into and be safe, like I said. There's another world where I can slay giants. There's another world where I can walk on water. There is another world where I can have the impossible become possible. There is another world, church, where, where trouble cannot affect me. Trouble cannot overtake me. Trouble cannot defeat me. In this world, yes, you will have trouble. Big trouble. But please understand me, there is another world that you and I belong to. Jesus said, you're not of this world. But the problem is, we've settled in this world. We've pitched our tent in this world. We've, we've built a life in this world. We, we've created a, a reputation in this world. And we wonder why this world has the power to overtake us. We wonder why this world has the power to defeat us. It's because we have not taken ourselves out of this world and said, God, I belong to your world. I belong to your kingdom. You see, 
Ah, I hope you all getting this. You see, the reality is if you would understand and live and act and speak and talk like you live in another kingdom, there's nothing in this world that has power or authority over you. When you're seated in heavenly places, guess what you walk on? You walk on your troubles and you walk on your struggles. When, G, when, when, when Peter, who was in the middle of a storm, decided that I want to be seated in higher places than where I am right now, you see, he was seated in the middle of a storm. And you and I, every day or any day, can find ourselves in that same exact place, in the middle of a storm. But Peter decided, I'm not going to sit here in the middle of my storm I'm going to make my way to higher places. I'm going to make my way to Jesus. I I want to be seated in heavenly places. And when he made that decision, guess what he walked on, church? He walked on his big struggles. He walked on his big troubles. The impossible became the possible because he decided, I'm tired of this storm. Tired of this struggle tired of the winds. I'm tired of the waves. I'm tired of being knocked around. I'm tired of being beaten. I'm tired of being battered. You see, Peter came to the revelation that there's a better place to be. And he wanted to be in Jesus. You see, the last thing, like I said, that you can afford to do when trouble comes your way and you find yourself in the middle of heartache and hell is to sit there and accept it. The greatest thing for you to do is say, God, I know there's a greater place. I know that there's another world that I can run to. I know there's another world that I am part of, and I refuse to be overtaken by this trouble. I refuse to be overtaken by these struggles. And I'm seating myself with you so that I can be overcome. How many of you want to be seated in that place tonight? Amen. I want you to stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. This is, I'm going to go ahead and close with this. I don't know where you're at this evening. I don't know what trouble you're facing. I don't know what deep despair or what, how severe the storm is in your life. I don't know how heavy your heart might be or the struggles or the trials that you're going through. But I do know that Jesus said, whatever they are, Take heart. Whatever they are, take heart. Jesus said, have faith because I've overcome this world. See, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But with a faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to this trouble with a capital T, be thou uprooted and cast into the sea. And you know what the Bible says? It has to obey you. And be gone. It has to obey you. It can't obey unless you take authority. It doesn't have to obey unless you speak against it. Amen. That's what I want you to do tonight. Whatever your trouble is, whatever your struggle is, I want you to speak against it in the name of Jesus and not allow yourself to be overtaken by it. Amen.